0: Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that might kill you, like a
2: mega drought, or falling through ice, or getting catfished. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like being in the fifth wheel, or getting crapped on by a bird. Garen. (laughs) (laughs) Or correcting your boss. Don't do that. Also, Garen. Man, you know
0: what? Play that theme song. I'm getting pissed. Play it.
2: Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I am Danielle. I'm Christine. You had something to talk about today, which I'm excited to hear. The queen died. You're fucking kidding me. For the listeners who haven't heard. Yeah. What was your reaction to the queen dying?
0: Devastation.
2: <laughs> it came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> what did she die of? I think someone, oh. someone tweeted, um, I don't know, I think she was pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hysterical. I thought
0: so. What I thought was funny, uh, I can't remember. if This is New York Times or LA Times. I think it was LA Times. Was that it was said uh, the UK is is reeling and struggling to re-identify itself. Right. At this, you know, shock or or sort of it's to struggling to find its new
2: identity. Right. And I'm like, this can't have come. As a surprise. I mean... I I don't think it's that it's a surprise. I think it's just that she's always been their queen. She was their queen for 70 years. So, I think it's just... I I don't know how it affects people on a day-to-day basis because I thought... I don't know what majority of the country are royalists, as they call them. Yes. Every time I hear someone talk about the queen, they all think it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, people who live there, not Americans. I don't know why Americans are obsessed. I don't Some Americans are very... Very obsessed. Very into it. Yeah. I mean I watched I my tweet was Jesus. No, I said, um I said, geez, you'd think Claire Foy herself had died. Yeah. Who played, you know, the Queen on the Crown because to me she is a national treasure. That or would have the, upset me. Or Olivia Coleman. Olivia I knew Olivia Coleman was the was the more uh uh relatable reference and I knew people more people would like it if I did that. But I, I felt strong in my heart that I wanted it no, to Claire be the first. Foy's Claire Foy is a good one. Uh,
0: and next up, we'll have Imelda Staunton, I believe, replace. Oh, did she? I think she's the next actress to play the crown. Oh, is she? In the crown. I oh, think so. oh,
2: oh, oh, because now she's older. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I know the name, but I can't picture her. I think she's. From, I think she was in Harry Potter as well. Oh, okay.
0: I think every British
2: actor was in almost Harry Potter, every. Yeah, So yeah. It's, yeah that yeah, doesn't yeah. narrow it down. Yeah. But Dudley Moore was, and he's dead. <laughs> he played a ghost. He played uh, one of the ghosts. <laughs> he didn't. All all the uh, all the dead Brits. Yeah. played all the ghosts. Yeah.
0: Um, I saw this other headline. I don't think I sent this to you, uh, Danielle, in the LA Times. <laughs> and so it's a misspelling. It's it's so. I don't know. I, I I know the LA Times is probably struggling, and they need some. <laughs> I I, I kind of want to send them like a Grammarly subscription, uh. <laughs> the, the upgraded one, not the free one. Uh, oh, okay. Humanity is humanity is at risk. We aren't facing up to it? Question mark. <laughs> okay. And I was like, is this?
2: Are they just? It's all Gen Z <sighs> staff. Okay. We aren't facing up to it. Have I told <laughs> you how this is my number one? online pet peeve with the question marks? Have I told you that? I know you don't like, I
0: have to constantly take question marks out of texts that I respond to you with because I
2: often do that. Oh, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be an asshole no, about no, no. it. It's just co- the constant tweets of people saying, this was supposed to be the best day of my life. Yes. But then I'm like, don't it's no, no 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 it's not proper it's just the the grammatical ugh. errors abound it's not an error it's a choice it's like a it's yes. it's a, it's a way of, stylistic choice but you're right it, it's of an of a it's of a generation yes
0: so then i realized it's not supposed to be that way it says we aren't <laughs> we facing up to it we aren't we facing up to it it's supposed to say why aren't we facing up to it? Oh, that's hysterical. But it's been We here, aren't. we From the LA Times. But it's been there for two days and it's and fixed. <laughs> we aren't we facing up to it? Oh anyway, you know what? We all make mistakes. But it seems like if you're,
2: you know, the one
0: of the biggest cities in the United yes. States. No,
2: it's a very old newspaper. It's, it's a little silly. The other thing about the Queen is that um, it's so funny to hear. Look, I know there are subtleties to this that I'm not you know, taking into account. But I think it's very funny to praise a woman for literally not stating her opinion. (laughs) Like, that's what all the... She never stated her opinion. She was very close to the vest. Yes. That's that's a quality. So admirable in a woman. I get that that's what the job is, but... But it's also, how is that a job? I don't know. Here are some subtle cues. I think that was an article. Here are some subtle cues that let us know what the queen felt about certain things. (laughs) She wore a brooch on her right side. That meant she was displeased. Yeah, I don't know. I've watched four seasons of The Crown or whatever it is, and I still don't understand. Are you ready for today's topic? I sure am. We're going to talk about how to survive catfishing.
0: Oh, this is a good one. Yes, and I'm not talking about the
2: fish that you spit at and they eat your spit. What? <laughs> Catfish eat your spit? They're disgusting. Wait a second, Our, they're bottom dwellers, right?
0: They'll come up to the surface and eat anything you throw in the water. But
2: well, how do you know they'll eat your spit? Is this something you've done? I'm sure I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> y- 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 well, y'all, y'all wanna go down, down to the pond? It's just nodding his head.
3: It's Midwest hillbillies.
2: Spitting at fish? Oh yeah. Oh, What else are you gonna do? Why, why do you spit at the
0: fish? I don't know, Garen. Have just, you spit just... in the water and have yes in I your absolutely life? Absolutely, have. And I'm gonna and the catfish throw ate up. it.
3: Oh my or god! A I'm carp. Gonna, I'm I'm
0: gonna... carp. Oh, maybe I'm confused with carp oh, and catfish. They look, they the, both, same they the, look face, the same in the face, right? They yeah. have like the whiskers and yeah, the big yeah, yeah. round mouth. <laughs> I'm literally gonna throw up. And like, do they have teeth too? They're disgusting. Teeth. Teeth. <laughs> have you eaten catfish, Garen? Absolutely. Oh, I've eaten a lot of catfish in my life.
2: I'm not sure if I've eaten catfish or not, but I, I you know. You would know. Well, oh, why does it have a very distinct... I think it's... Dis- isn't it usually fried? Yeah.
3: I think you could describe it as muggy.
2: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Garen.
0: Garen, <laughs> should we start a side podcast called the Midwest Hillbillies? <laughs>
2: <laughs> muggy. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was, like, a normal thing. I'd see it on menus, and then I heard someone say, like, don't eat them, they're... Bottom dwellers and they're they're dirty or something. I don't know.
0: Dirty is good. I would say it tastes like the inside of an ashtray. So why do people eat it? Mm, is it cheap? Yeah, it's,
3: you just got to stick your hand in a hole and pull it out. That's, that's and great. not get nice don't your head get bitten. A, don't wait, get
2: bitten. Wait, wait a second. Stick your head in a hole. What are you talking
3: about? <laughs> your arm. You never seen m- noodling? I think they call
2: it. I have heard of this. What is Where it?
3: Usually, some large white man will jump into a pond. Stick his hand down into yeah. the shoreline and, and just, pull out a gargantuan. Why are they so easy fish. to catch? They just hang out in these little hovels or whatever. Okay, they're, they're just
0: waiting for someone to spit. I can't.
2: <laughs> I can't remember where I saw that, but I did see something about that. About just the, the reaching, or maybe we talked about it on the show. Who knows? My, I don't, I have brain fog. I think this is our first catfish. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what we're talking no. about
0: today. We are talking about the other kind of catfishing. The equally deplorable... It's also awful. This is where someone creates a false identity to lure people into relationships. So it can be friendship, romantic connection. This happens on the internet. So the catfish refers to the person who creates the false identity. Right. Okay. The thing that separates catfishes, catfishers... Yeah. Apart from trolls, scammers, other online imposters, is their emphasis on starting a relationship with yeah. someone and carrying it out over time? Do you guys want to know where the term catfishing comes from? Or maybe do you
2: already know? Well, I listened to the podcast you recommended to me called Darling? No. Sweet Bobby. Sweet Bobby. I Do you recommend it to everyone? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Have you listened to it before, Garrett? No. Everyone it's, listened to Sweet Bobby. It's really fascinating. So it's all about catfishing. But um, they explained it on the podcast but said that it's not necessarily true it might be apocryphal but anyway um apocryphal 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 but anyway go on what a great word you've just thrown out i'm going to tell you first of all
0: let me say i got a lot of great information from teen vogue really and webmd article from vpn overview uh which uh thanks vpn overview so do you guys remember the uh nev shulman documentary Called yeah. catfish right so there was a guy in there he was actually the partner I don't know if he was the husband of the woman who was catfishing Nev Schulman he was the husband he was the husband it says who uh, tricked her and he shared this he shared this anecdote They used to tank cod from Alaska all the way to China. They'd keep them in vats in the ship. By the time the codfish reached China, the flesh was mush and tasteless. So this guy came up with the idea that if you put these cods in these big vats, put some catfish in with them, and the catfish will keep the cod agile. Right. And there are those people. Because they're chasing them around. Yeah. Right. Who are catfish in life. And they keep you on your toes. They keep you guessing. They keep you thinking. They keep you fresh. And thank God for the catfish, because we would be droll, boring, and dull if we didn't have somebody nipping at our fin. Oh, so he
2: thinks he's the hero. He
0: thinks he's scored. Right. But he's with this woman who's catfishing Other another people. guy. And that's the or- origin. Right. As far as I could research. Yes. in two different uh, sites that I went to.
2: And is it that guy who coined it? Well, I think. I mean, that's
0: as far back as I... I mean, I checked a couple different places, and that was every place I checked said that. So if anyone wants to well-actually me, go ahead. Knock yourself out. Speaking of, I said that on the last episode... Well, the last episode I said that, which was about um, the lottery. Yeah, and my husband was like, "Hot diggity dog!" and used it as an as an opportunity to well, actually, me. And he was like, "I just want to let you know that it's Massachusetts that has the highest number of people spelling <laughs>
2: buying lottery tickets." How did he know that? He looked it up. Wait, he just just to well, actually, yeah, you? yeah. That's the kind of marriage I'm in, Danielle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Keep it, my, my husband tells me I'm challenging him. That's that's yeah. really like he went out of his way to challenge you. That's right. Okay. he's You know what? He's keeping you fresh. He's my catfish. Yeah. Why do you
0: think people catfish? It's a sense of power. That's a good answer. It's not on this list, but I okay. do think you're right. So here's some reasons why people may do this. Poor self-esteem. Yeah. Depression or anxiety. To hide their identity targeted revenge, targeted harassment, to explore their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Often people are uh, pretending to be the other gender. gender. A catfish may try to scam money from their victims, or the catfishing is the first step in a plan to kidnap or physically abuse them. Whoa. That's That's a dark end of the spectrum. So how common is catfishing? So here are the most recent stats I found. First of all, it's... Thought to be highly underreported. Oh. Because a lot of people, people are, are embarrassed. Are, they're embarrassed to admit right. that this happened to them. This is from the FBI. This is from 2018. And this only relates to when money schemes are involved. So this okay. isn't about when people are just doing it to you know, trick someone into dating. They call it confidence romance fraud. In 2018, the number of victims filing these complaints increased to more than 18,000 with more than $362 million in losses, an increase of more than 70% over the previous year. Oof. Would you guys like to know some signs that you're being catfished? Sure. Number one, the catfisher won't pick up a phone call. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Yep. Yep. Guys, I'm catfishing everyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catfishing my mom. <laughs> they don't have many followers or friends. Someone on multiple platforms beyond a dating app, such as Instagram and Twitter, is easier to verify because you can see how legitimate or illegitimate a following they have. The more consistent someone is across platforms, the more right. likely it is they have, the more likely it is they are who they say they are. Okay. Right? Next. Next. Their story doesn't add up or seems too good to be true. Additionally, they may tell stories about having high-level jobs or family wealth to make themselves seem more attractive. They may invent stories designed to make you feel sorry for them, like a bad relationship or a difficult family background. So these are all things to watch out for. Okay. If you're unsure whether a person is who they say they are, conduct a Google reverse image search. Okay, I don't know how to do this. How do you do that? Okay, I'm going to tell you. First of all, just Google, Google reverse image search, and oh, you
2: type in Google reverse image search, and then you take the image and you plunk it it in,
0: okay, and then it'll show you where those images appear. There was this one woman, Hope, I don't know her last name, doesn't matter. She actually catfished a lot of celebrities. She catfished, weird, Brad Paisley and his wife. Okay. Uh, who's also an actress. She was in Father of the Bride. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kimberly uh, Williams. Thank you. I'm glad you remember her name. A country, another country band. Uh, John Henson, who used to uh-huh. host Talk Soup. <laughs> so weird, it's like, um. such a weird, <laughs> right? Oh, and uh, Kate Gosselin. So she catfished all of what? these celebrities into believing she had a daughter with terminal cancer. Oh. To get them to, like... Sing Amazing like she got Brad Paisley to sing Amazing Grace over the phone. What she got them to send, so this wasn't about money. No, she never tried to get money from them, so it was the attention. She just wants attention. She, they called it Munchausen by internet, like instead of by proxy, like Munchausen by internet. Some somebody huh. termed okay. that, but um,
2: meaning she wanted a f- she. She'd she got off a, on the pain of others on the internet? Well, she kind she of was hurt, trying. Okay. So she took images
0: of a real girl who had actually oh, died of fuck. cancer off of that she okay, found on the internet and used those pictures to pretend that was her daughter. Their life sounds a bit too exciting, especially for catfish with low self esteem. The opportunity to try new, more exciting personalities online and feel admired for fake accomplishments may be what's driving them. Uh huh. So I think this is a lot of these people's motivation. It's like they get to- I can be a totally different person and I can have someone believe me. Yes, it's like I didn't do theater in school, so here I get to try this out. If you're talking to someone whose past week had more activity and excitement crammed into it than the average person (laughs) sees in a year, it's worth asking them questions that force (laughs) specificity. Asking them questions that force specificity. hard word to say. It is. So you can see if any holes in their stories appear. That can be true too if the excitement at hand veers more on the side of tragedy, losses, and Uh other events. Okay, their only photos are professional. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Most people on social media upload multiple photos of themselves in their day-to-day activities. Be wary of those who have very few photos of themselves. Uh It's a lot less likely that someone's catfishing you if, in addition to selfies, they also upload their succulent garden, pics
2: of their cat napping, or the beach they just visited. I think, I just realized what you're doing. You're giving hints to people who want to catfish.
0: I'm teaching you how to
2: catfish. Put a a picture of a succulent in your
0: profile. If you're catfishing someone and you don't have a succulent, you better add one now. (laughs) Succulent for suckers. Yes. They haven't changed profile photos in a long time, or
2: ever. Oh, well, then I guess I'm catfish. I, mean, I don't tr- change my profile. No, mine's from five years ago. Yeah, okay. but it's not a picture of me, so I guess that's why I don't...
0: You know what, guys? You want the picture of me from five
2: years ago. <laughs> you don't want to be no, updated. it's better. You don't want to be confronted with reality. No, you, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> you're doing a service. Yes, exactly. You, you should appreciate it. It's better. Here's another really big red flag they don't want to meet in real life or even video chat yep right push for a video call if you're unable to arrange an in-person meeting especially if the other person lives far away if they won't video chat that's another red flag and they're probably not the person they've been representing themselves as on dating sites or a facebook profile catfish will happily waste copious amounts of your
2: time with excuses and fabrications it's just exhausting Listening to that show, it's just exhausting what that woman was put through. It's just I mean, but at the same time, it's like okay, this is fucking ridiculous at this point. Like she she really was had blinders on. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But I also think she
0: was worn down in, yes. by a person. I think she I think it's also that like when somebody's in a controlling, manipulative relationship, a controlling, manipulative person wears away at your edges. Swally. Yeah, that's true. She was kind of brought to, the... and and so I think that your sense of a uh, one sense of reality in in that type of controlling, manipulative, yeah, abusive like relationship. relationship. Like we said before it's like a cult. Yeah, like your
2: your mindset. Your has mindset changed. is not what it was. Right.
0: They do make plans with you, but repeatedly cancel. Ah, mm-hmm. this is isn't this everyone in L.A.? I was gonna. <laughs> Right. I'm yeah. being catfished by everyone. By all my friends. Yes, and exactly. Business associates. While some catfish will refuse the bait to meet you point blank, others will enthusiastically make plans with you, only to cancel time and time again. A cornerstone of catfishing is the art of making excuses, and they've likely got a long list at the ready for why, so sorry, they can't actually meet you tonight. Right. Or why they're no longer free for that phone call. Mm. And just to note on the plan making front, although you may be eager to finally see this person, IRL, always arrange to meet in a public space, especially for your first time meeting an online connection. Yes. I, I, if you're suspicious, don't meet them like in, in, when they're like, hey, I have a great dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's right. really far away and it's so it's a dark. Dead end. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing my stabbiest knife. You might want to ask for a different spot. They ask you for deeply personal information, but keep things about their own life vague. Mm. If someone asks for your social security number, we can hopefully <laughs> all spot that as a red flag. What we really mean by personal information here, though, is someone asking you probing
2: questions that seek to get your guard down and encourage vulnerability. Yeah, I was going to say, especially if you're a woman, most men... Aren't gonna ask you more about yourself than they're gonna talk about themselves. So that right there is a red flag. That's sad, though, isn't that a sad state? Yeah, but isn't that true? I don't know. Maybe I've been lucky to have a lot of men. I'm making making a generalization, but but I do think that men are less inquisitive about details in my
0: general like online dating experience because I did do. You know, decent amount of online dating. Mm-hmm. There certainly were like I went. I remember going on an online date where I'd already gone on an online date with him, and he didn't even remember. <laughs> um, Wait, did you remember? Well, when I saw him, yes, immediately. Wait, you mean you met in real life? Yes, on an online date, and then we connected on a different online dating platform. I didn't. His pictures were different, so I oh, didn't, okay. And then when I saw him in real life, I was like, we've already been on a date. Like that's hysterical. So if your outlet is a catfisher, they could be trying to manipulate you. And and to create a false sense of intimacy. Right. That might be the case if they're only ever asking you questions about yourself without ever offering up personal info of their own. Right? Right. They ask you for money. I mean, this is a giant red flag, right? right? If they ask for a loan or flat out gift, that is a warning sign. Never send money to someone you've never met, no matter how small the amount. They're sharing strong feelings for you. And quickly. Ah, uh, love bombs. Love, ah, oh, you got it. I was just about to talk about love bombs. Never send nude or sexual photos to someone you haven't met in person. A catfish may attempt to blackmail you with the images. Right. But I mean, like, I don't want to send naked pictures to someone I know. You don't? No, just to strangers. <laughs> oh, okay, got it.
2: Because that's how you get th- a thrill. That's my jam.
0: That's your jam. That's my, that's my jam. Okay, something just feels off. Don't be afraid to trust your Dan- your Danielle. Don't be afraid to trust your Danielle. That's what,
2: look, I've been trying to tell people that for years.
0: Trust your Danielle. <laughs> Don't be afraid to trust your intuition. Something about your new online pal seems off. Pay attention to that. feeling. Yeah, go with it. You know what? I'm suspect of any Internet stranger that wants to be my friend. Ask them about their background, um, like restaurants in the town they say they're from, mm. um, something specific to their job, you know, if they're saying, like, you know, they live in Paris, like, oh, my God, it'd be so cool if I had a picture of you with the Eiffel Tower behind it. Right. Um, and then they just go to a gift shop. And yes. To a forced perspective. <laughs> Put
2: a little tiny miniature. Yes. But
0: it's a little, right. it's a keychain. <laughs> <Right. laughs> hire a private investigator. So some people talk to each other online for years without ever meeting or talking on the phone. If you want to get to the bottom of the mystery, hire a private investigator to figure out the situation. Right. Like, I mean, I again, back to Sweet Bobby. Yeah. I'm like... Man, you could have just solved this a lot sooner. Okay, what not to do when you've been catfished. Okay, don't give the catfish money. We've already established this. If you have, call or contact your local police department so they can start an investigation. Also, file a complaint with the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center. Block the catfish from your social media accounts and stop contacting them. Report the catfish on the website or platform where you met them. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, you because know.
2: are the chances, maybe you know this from your research, are the chances that if they're catfishing you, they're catfishing someone else at the same time? Or do they generally concentrate on like one person? Well, f- just from anecdotal research of uh-huh. different catfishing stories I've read about,
0: yes, they're usually doing it. They've Multiple. done it before, they're doing it at the same time, and they're going to do it again. Yeah,
2: because it's probably an addictive um Yes, it's thing. a thrill. It's yeah. like a drug. It's like having more than one uh, Words with Friends game yes. going at the same You're time. You're always it's playing exactly with exactly like that,
0: yeah. If the catfish scammed you, it can't hurt to help others stay safe by reporting it to a scam tracker, such as the one operated by the Better Business Bureau. Okay. All right. Are you ready for a story? Yes. All right. So this is crazy. I got a lot of help from ABC News and the Daily Beast story written by Larry Gelton. Okay. Thomas Montgomery, 46-year-old, married father of two, went by screen name Marine Sniper oh. on a popular <laughs> game site, Pogo. Accidentally, he went into a teen chat room for this game, Pogo. When 18-year-old tall, hot blonde started instant messaging in him, He decided to pretend he was 18, too. I kept thinking, well, we're never going to meet. I'll just play the game with her, he said. Before long, the flirtation became a romance. Oh, boy. Tall, hot blonde's instant messages revealed that her real name was Jessie, a softball-playing high school senior from West Virginia. She sent Montgomery photos that lived up to her screen name, and then some. (laughs) (laughs) There were some very provocative poses, he said. In return, Jesse wanted to see what he liked too, what he looked like too, so he sent her his photo from Marine Boot Camp. The picture was 30 years out of date. Oh, shit. Montgomery's screen name, Marine Sniper, was a a nostalgic hearkening back to the six years he spent in the military as a young man. But for Jesse, he invented a younger, stronger, more virile version of himself called Tommy. He was my height, six feet tall. Had bright red hair," said Montgomery. "Big shoulders, muscles, and all that."
2: Wait a second. Why would you invent someone who was a redhead? I think he if might have been. I think
0: he might have been a redhead when he was young. Okay. So he was inventing a,
2: himself. Like I'm just saying, wouldn't you want an upgrade? Yeah, from being a redheaded guy. I would too. Okay. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> okay. he just thought like redheaded guys were the thing. Okay.
0: I was like uh, carrot top. <laughs> so, yeah, you know carrot top. I look like him. Tommy <laughs> shared tales of combat and Fallujah, which Montgomery learned about by watching the news, while Jesse sent sizzling bikini photos and a split heart pendant that said Jesse and Tommy forever. Oh, for God's sake. There was even serious talk of marriage. I love you f- always and forever, Tommy, wrote Jesse. I've never felt this way, Montgomery responded. The relationship had become more than a flirtation, Montgomery said. There was virtual sex going on in there between her and Tommy, Ugh. he said. Not him. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, I know. I love how he separates. Well, Montgomery said the virtual sex made him feel kind of dirty. He was in too deep to sever ties with her. If what w- could he possibly do? No, I know he had no choice. <laughs> if I was smart, I would have just ended it. But it was like a drug that I needed every day. He said Montgomery seemed to be losing touch with reality. Oh, he wrote a note to himself. On January 2nd, 2006, Tom Montgomery, 46 years old, ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. He is moving to West Virginia to be with the love of his life. The note went on to say that this new 18-year-old resembled a red-haired Harrison Ford and had $2.5 million in the bank and a nine-inch penis. <laughs> okay. In March 2006, according to 20. Wait, was the note for himself? Yes. He kept it in his
2: locker at work. So, I don't want to give away the ending. I don't know the ending, but is do we know why he did this? Or will we find out why he wrote he this w- In
0: his mind, was gonna he, was separating. he was separating reality. Like, I'm going to not Holy be this guy anymore, shit. and I'm going to become this guy. Oh, my God. In March 2006, according to 2020, one of his daughters was using his computer when Jesse IM'd him. Montgomery's wife... Sent the love letters, photos, and me- oh, Montgomery's wife found the love letters, photos, and mementos from Jesse, including a pair of red panties. Oh, like She sent Jesse a photo of her family and a letter. Let me introduce you to these people, she wrote. The man in the center is Tom, <gasps> my husband. Since 1989, he's 46 years old. Jesse was horrified and broke off the relationship immediately. She sent him a text message that said she hated him. You should be put in jail for this. Yeah. Um, she said to Montgomery, the heartbroken Jesse sought revenge by befriending in the same chat room a 22-year-old co-worker of Montgomery's named Brian Barrett. His handle was Beefcake, for whom Montgomery had been a mentor. Okay. So Montgomery and this guy worked yeah. together at the same factory. Jessie flirted with Barrett, whom she goaded into humiliating Montgomery at work and online. Jesus. So the two are now a couple, the two young ones, and they're starting
2: to make fun of Montgomery. Okay. Does does this does the coworker Know the history? Yes. Okay. So she's not lying to him. She told him exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Okay.
0: Passions intensified, and Montgomery began making threats against both Barrett and Jesse's mother. Jesus. Before long, Jesse was sending Brian her photos, and the two had become a cyber item. Uh, Marine sniper became consumed with jealousy. Brian will pay in blood. (gasps) Montgomery, I am to Jesse. His messages became increasingly violent as he was forced to watch their romance blossom in the same chat rooms he used to frequent with Jesse. Jesse and Barrett took to the internet to make sure everyone knew Montgomery was a liar. They were going into these chat rooms and letting people know that he was actually 47 years old. They almost made him out to be a pedophile. This is what um, Montgomery's lawyer said. Okay. Back, but the IMs, Uh, then there were IMs from Tall Hot Blonde, Jesse. She goes back to Montgomery and is resuming her relationship with him. What? Yeah. Here's Tall Hot Blonde. I ache to be with Tommy. <laughs> She's writing this to Montgomery. Do you miss it, Tom? More than you will ever know. Oh god. My heart aches to hear you call me your Tommy. I wish I could be that 19-year-old marine for you. I know, Tom. Jesse took up with Mont. so she takes up with Montgomery again. In this what in, in the his so in his mind with people? he's hit the jackpot again. And uh He's so like now he's being accepted for being forty-seven, and he still has this hot girl. But she's still pretending he's nineteen. Yeah, she's like, we're gonna keep this going, and I'll still pretend you're young,
2: and I still want to be with you. Jesus, Montgomery knew he's in a waivers. I mean, that's similar to what my husband and I do. He he still pretends I'm young. I think so. That's
1: nice.
2: I'm just. I mean, he's never expressed this to me. I'm just assuming. Yeah. How else would you get along? That got really dark. I was
0: just being silly, (laughs) honest to God. It was like a drug. I was addicted to it. I couldn't just end it. At one point, when his wife actually told him to get off the computer and talk to her, Montgomery couldn't. I'll just told her, I'll get off when I'm done. Oh, that sounded, he will get off. Yeah. Montgomery says, nothing sexual happened between them after Tall Hot Blonde found out how old he was, but their IMs tell a different story. I was going to say. Marine Sniper, wish you were nude. (laughs) What would you do? Stare? Uh, (laughs) That all? Nope. (laughs) You might get the magic. No wonder she couldn't stay away. I mean, with this Mm. scintillating conversation. Make love to me, Tommy. But it didn't last. Jesse told Montgomery they were through and seemed to take up with Barrett again. Montgomery began to go into a downward spiral. The obsession turns into jealousy. Jealousy turns into betrayal and revenge. This is District Attorney Frank Sedita. You really start to get a sense of this person going into an abyss, and it's kind of frightening. And then the tipping point. Barrett, a.k.a. Beefcake, said he was going to meet Tall Hot Blonde in person. Jesse texted him at the last minute not to visit, but Montgomery, who had learned of the plan to meet, was furious. On September 15, 2006, as Barrett left for work, three shots rang out. (gasps) Brian Barrett was found dead in the (gasps) parking lot where he worked, shot three times by a military rifle. Police quickly learned of the internet love triangle from co-workers, and when they couldn't find Thomas Montgomery, they feared they knew just where he was headed. Investigators then learned of Jesse through his computer, dispatched officers to her Oakville, West Virginia home to make sure she was safe. Once there, a policeman asked Jesse's mother, Mary Sheeler, where Jesse was. Sheeler hemmed and hawed and began to cry. Then she made a startling confession. Her daughter had never communicated with either men. It was her 40... It was her... 45 year old housewife mary sheeler who used sexy photos of her own daughter Ew! to seduce both men including having cyber sex with them using her daughter's name and image it was later learned that sheeler had flirted online as jesse with other men as well even once having pointed a video camera up her daughter's skirt for oh, a video on. she sent to several men with the question guys do you like it are you fucking kidding me uh-uh Montgomery was charged and later pled guilty to the murder of Brian Barrett. In exchange for his plea, he received a 20-year sentence. Prosecutors said their discovery of Monterey's DNA on a peach pit found at the crime scene and a photo of Montgomery's family gun cabinet, which showed the type of old military rifle that police believe was used to shoot Barrett, were key to their case against Montgomery. Prosecutors in Buffalo, meanwhile, looked for a way to charge Mary Sheeler for something, anything in the case. But
2: being a shit stain of a human being isn't against the law. <laughs> but isn't it exploiting? Um, oh, your daughter. She wasn't a minor. Somewhat. She wasn't a minor. But right. still, it seems like she should
0: go to jail. She didn't come away unscathed. Her husband divorced her over her deception, and her daughter doesn't talk to her either. Jesus, this is double catfishing. Yeah, she. No- oh, Sheeler, according uh, to a woman who made a documentary about about this. Has never apologized to her daughter, shown any remorse, or acknowledged wrongdoing of any sort. Oh no, um, she's just a psych- psycho. Yeah, I thought this was uh, came from the Daily Beast article. I, I this is not; these are not my words. The final irony to this case in Tall, Hot, Blonde is that behind the well matched youthful sizzle of the Jesse and Tommy personas lay another equally well matched pair. Yeah, the two malcontented strangers who created them, Montgomery and Sheila, were both lonely people who reached their mid forties with their best days. Behind them, oh, Man, that's, doesn't sound. I don't agree with that. I mean, but for those two. Yeah. Who then created deadly deceptions in the hopes of recapturing the glory of youth and of finding real intimacy by fervently denying their true selves. Had they ever met in real life, Thomas Montgomery and Mary Sheeler might just have been the perfect couple.
2: Wow. I can't believe the guy only got 20 years for killing someone in cold blood. I can't believe she didn't get anything for what she did to her daughter. Like can you imagine So there are no laws against internet um tricking or No, and the
0: and the family of Barrett, the, the guy who was murdered, is trying you know, they're trying to um and you know, get laws passed. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> it's just other families I've read about who have experienced similar things. Uh huh. Not similar to this. I mean this right, is pretty specific, right. but
2: like Damage from internet catfishing. But it's, but it's not a law, per se. You can catfish someone legally. As far as I know. Shit.
3: So the uh, only guy who was real in that story is the one who called himself Beefcake.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it turns out he wasn't a Beefcake. He, he was, was also lying. He was a little chubby. But he was very cute. He was a little chubby. Okay, well, anyway, that was unfreaking believable not that a crazy story crazy crazy banana times yes and we will be right back with our guest holy shit ready to elevate your home picture this central heating a cozy fireplace
0: or your dream walk-in closet build a backyard oasis go green with solar panels or start a business it's all possible with Figures Home Equity line of credit unlock up to
1: $400,000 apply online in five minutes funding in as little as five days head to figure.com and transform your home Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS
0: 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to How to Survive. My name is Christine. I'm still Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. I usually always ask you about your break. Right. But what
2: I really want to know is, yeah. did you watch the Emmys last night? So I did watch the Emmys. We still pretend like it's going to be fun in our house. Oh, okay. And the three of us gather around, um, and it's just three... It's just three assholes bitching the whole time, basically. But um, the very first, because you didn't watch it, right? Did you watch it, Karen?
3: I forgot it was even... I didn't even know it was on, actually, because it was Monday. It's usually on on Sundays. Sundays. I know. It was weird.
2: So maybe they didn't want to do it on September 11th? Uh, Maybe. Why? Well, that didn't didn't stop it from being a disaster. Okay. (laughs) Epic proportions. So the very first thing they do is they say... You can laugh, Wendy. It's okay. Is they say that we're going to... Oh, you've always heard that you always sing along with the theme songs to television shows, but you can't dance to them until now. So then they play a theme song and have the people come out and dance to them and then change it to like a funkified, like a hip version, hip version okay. of the song. But as my brilliant son pointed out, the very first song they picked was the theme song to Friends, which they do indeed dance to in the opening credits of Friends. <laughs> so it was such a dumb... And yes. then they had... Like, there wasn't anything funny about it. It was so corny. It was like 90s, 80s corny. And then like Kenan Thompson was dancing with it. But like he's not good enough for it to be impressive and it wasn't silly enough to be funny. It was just awkward. And that's how they started it. it that, was, th- that was their best. They brought their, their best. best. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then they danced to, like, the Law & Order theme, which could have been funny. Yeah. But it wasn't funny at all. It was just, oh, it was so embarrassing. And I just kept staring, going, how could you make this funny? There's a way to make this funny if this was what you wanted to do. But it was so earnest. It was embarrassing. Anyway. You know what? I think
0: there's a new trend in comedy, and this might be younger people than us who really are into being earnest. I'm not there for yeah. it. Yeah. You mean like the Ted
2: Lassos of the yeah, world? Yeah, let's ask Wendy
0: what she... Why don't you bring in Wendy so we okay. can ask her what she thinks about all this so earnestness.
2: for the first half, we talked about how to survive being catfished. Yeah. And now, we're going to talk about how to survive fishing for your perfect job. Love it. And now, we are going to introduce our fantastic guest. She's a writer and producer... Wendy Miller. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi, Wendy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for I don't being know you, here. I don't know if
1: you know this, but you've been referenced on this show more than once. I, well, I know on Kathy's episode. which Yes. Was really fun. I love her so much, and we Shh. were we were actually together during an earthquake. Another one. That's right. You said that. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, but what what else was I referenced? Well, when
2: Matt Weinhold was on the show, oh. and I we talked about how Matt and I wrote for Playboy. Wendy was our boss, and Wendy's what? the one who gave us the ridiculous german um soft <laughs> porn reality show for us to dub into english with Sounds our like own writing best job ever it
1: was it was fantastic it was so much fun and and the fact that i got to be in it was like a dream come true for me because i'm like lucy ricardo with everything and yeah i want to get in it and i just had such a great time working with well you guys. also wendy
2: was a child actor well, you were you were a model and actor yeah, right that's right yeah. that's right tell yeah. me what your roles were when you were a child
1: well it was mostly just commercials uh i did some theater stuff but it was like i my most uh, my longest running most successful commercials i did a commercial with morris the cat you did and i am the very first person in the history of the world whose face was shown in a morris the cat commercial it used to just be (gasps) morris and you'd the voice hand and the yeah and so i did a commercial where uh morris is in a baby buggy and they go, Morris, time for din-din. And I'm like playing with him. And Whoa. I go, oh, already? And, and then Morris jumps out. And like it ran for 10 years. And <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We have to put this in <laughs> the show notes. It's on YouTube. You can see it. Oh, like, there's we are going to gonna put a link to this That's for sure. amazing. I love this. And of course, in perfect, and we were talking about this, um, Right before the commercial was shot, I decided to cut my own bangs. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Come and, on. And I was a professional at this point. I'd already done, like, ten commercials. And so I cut my own bangs, and then I show up, you know, for the Nine Lives <sighs> commercial. And my mother had gone out and bought a bunch of, like, bang wigs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are um, not yes. made for kids in yes. like, the late 60s, so I looked like Marlo Thomas, except without the fabulousness. And they were, like, they looked at me, and they were, like, she looked like a real kid, so they oh, let me be. Wow. Seeing, oh, so you can see my that. janky braid, and also everyone's looking at Morris. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, he was. He did out. He did upstage me. So, do you think that was like a psychological ploy in your? P- Part to get out of show business or, or something. Like- I love that thought because I was I was not interested in being in show business. I'm not sure if I still am. In <laughs> but I've literally show been in this business, business, business for fifty plus yeah, years. Right. Like I'm like an Osmond that way, except for all this lack of success. Um, so maybe I never even thought about that because it's a pretty
2: bold move to do right before you're gonna shoot a commercial. yeah like, and it's
1: not it and wasn't you like and me. it
2: wasn't your first one so you knew D- did your mom freak out <laughs> yes of course she did oh my
1: god that's hysterical yeah it was this big national spot it ran for 10 years <laughs> my husband claims to have seen it as a kid and like Aww. fallen in love with me back then so he that's knew the so whole cute. thing he refers to it all the time oh my god okay i can't wait to see it's this on, it's on youtube you can see it all right, well, we're
2: going to talk about a different part of your showbiz career, which was?
1: Well, I pivoted from being a child star to being a producer. Right. And I grew up in Chicago. And uh, I thought if I could just work at the Oprah Winfrey show, my life would be set. It was like the yes. biggest show on TV, filming, shooting in Chicago. Right. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to get a job there. I have to get a job there. And it was a very, very exciting opportunity. And I actually got hired there.
2: Okay, so what year are we talking? We're talking the early '90s. Okay, so she's already a huge deal at this.
0: She's point. a huge deal. This is deal. Oprah, like in her prime, right? Yeah. This yeah, is like, much. yeah, every yeah. woman is sitting down at three o'clock, mm-hmm. at least in the Midwest, yep. which is where I'm from. Yeah, three o'clock. Yep. Coming. Yeah, I mean, they are not missing Oprah.
1: No, it was the hugest deal ever. Yes, and I was hired. I was actually hired to be on the show because I was fat, and they wanted to do a show about someone going to like. Uh, You know, Jenny Craig and other weight loss places, and like hearing how they close you, how they get you to buy their services. So their setup was. Wait, that's hysterical because she now owns or has
2: partly owns Weight Watchers. Uh huh. And That's so amazing. It gets, it gets even, okay. it gets hinky. So, okay, so. Wait, they, so you you answered an ad for fat people? Is that a
1: pretty, produ- they had, were looking for a fat, produ- like they, the ad said like. I had, no, they didn't say that. I had okay. like had a million meetings there because I kept trying to get hired and they were okay. just like, no, no, no. And finally they were like, hmm, wait a minute. Oh, gotcha. And so the deal was they wanted me to go to these places and see how they would close me. Okay. Right? <laughs> now, what they were completely wrong about, which is weird because they were really like the most organized, straight together place I've ever worked in my life, mm-hmm. they had me going to like Jenny Craig and Nutrisystem with a friend, mm-hmm. which as a woman, I don't think you do that. And of course the friend has a back, like a bag with a pinhole camera. Right. <laughs> so she's walking around, not at all awkward, like on an episode of Scooby-Doo, <laughs> carrying this bag around. Uh, and I'm like, hi, I'm here to lose weight. With right? my friend. With my friend, who like, looks like a lady camera operator. So <laughs>
3: Uh, Do I need to say more? She's got a
1: boom mic. The whole thing. Got it. The whole time. She's practically wearing like a a steady (laughs) cam. And so, and then here's where it turns really bad. They're like, okay. And then they go, let's weigh you. And I'm like, "Uh." oh. Now I'm, you know, I'm probably about... Hundred and eighty pounds or whatever, and and they're like, okay, and then, so my friend is like standing there with the bag, and I have to get on the scale. So now I'm getting weighed on national oh. TV, over and over and over again. Because you're going to all these different different ones, and they're okay. like, and they're using terminology to close me, like, don't you want to get married? <gasps> like this is in the nineties. Wow, dude, this is the whole point of the show. Okay, okay, and so don't okay. you want to get married? <laughs> well, what they do is they ask you, how would you feel if you lost weight? And I knew this, I'd be like. I would feel happy and then I could get married. So then they weigh you and they go, don't you want to feel happy and get married? I'm like, I do. How did you know oh, that? Oh, my God. Okay. So that they, they okay. close you with your own fantasy. Right. Yes. Anyway, uh, I did the I did the thing and we went on the show and it was really fun and we created like a fake diet. I created this thing called the hot dog diet where people would <laughs> sign up thinking if they lost weight just by eating hot dogs. <laughs> so they liked me. So they kept me around. Okay. And so then they were doing an episode called Would You Risk Your Life to Save a Stranger? Okay. And I had no training at anything, and I wait. Re- oh, I'm sorry. At this point, had you been hired as a
2: producer? No, no, no or, I'm still freelancing. Or, okay, you're just, just keep understanding me. You're you're just the the guinea pig thrown
1: into all these weird situations. They 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 like that I have ideas. Right. I'm, I'm working for this producer, this gay man who's in the closet and really oh. enraged, and so oh. he was kind of difficult. And mm-hmm. two producers working with him who were horrible people. Uh, I'm telling you, the place was a snake pit. Oof. I had colitis the entire time I was uh, there. And it was rough and I just wanted to work there so badly because I thought this is the answer to my life. It's right. in Chicago. It's so, you know, everything. So I get put on the show, Would You Risk Your Life to Save a Stranger? And it's being produced by two associate producers that they've bumped up pretty big, two producers. So okay. I'm like junior, 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 junior. I know nothing. And now I'm an associate producer on this episode working with oh, okay. junior people. So... It's scary, and and everyone's under pressure, enormous pressure. Oh gosh! My day started at seven in the morning, and I would be there till two or three in the morning. Jeez! Like you literally go home to take a nap and change your underwear and go back to work. Like it is, it was a rough place to be, especially if you have colitis. Especially if you've got to change life. your underwear. I don't know. I'm just assuming. <laughs> I don't really know what colitis entails. Well, it, luckily, <laughs> no no problems at work. Anyway. Um, so, I'm on this episode, and it's like, it's all about people who have like run into the middle of the freeway to rescue someone they don't know the whole thing. Right. Would you say? It's self explanatory. And we're doing the whole thing. I really don't know what's going on. Like, no one is explaining the structure of how they produce the show, anything. And I'm just trying to, like, don't get fired. This right. is my mantra. Whatever you do, don't get fired. Yeah. And so it's a weird place, and I'm trying to find my place there, and I'm not really. I'm not of the culture there. It was a lot of very pretty, well dressed mean girls, and mm. I'm I'm just not in that world. I never will be. I never have been. Right. I don't fit in, but I'm just trying not to get fired. So you weren't supposed to be on camera for this one. No, no, no. I was only on camera for the one. Gotcha. I was fat. Okay. So I, so they really
2: would. <laughs> they really would freelance producing gigs? That seems oh, yeah. so
1: strange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a normal thing? Well, I guess they like my ideas because I pitched yeah. a bunch of ideas after the fat thing because they like the hot dog diet. I came up with other things like, yeah, yeah we'll put you on another show. Okay, great. So uh, I was just thrilled to be there. Yeah. Um. So that you know the premise, would you risk your life to save a stranger? So they had all these people coming in who risked their lives to save a stranger, and I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. I'm watching the associate producer, who's now the producer, and she's writing the script, and next thing you know, we're actually f- shooting the episode. Okay. And I don't know where to go. Nobody's told me I don't know where to stand. I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know anything. So I decided to <clears throat> hang out in the booth. And in the booth, you've got the executive producer who was this incredibly terrifying woman named Debbie Jesus. DeMeo, who would walk down the hallway and you'd hear like, dun, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Like, she was terrifying. However, I really liked her. Yeah. And I wasn't afraid of her for some reason. Okay. I mean, I've had cancer. What are you going to do to me? Yeah. but So, so we were fine, actually. So I'm in the back of the booth, and we're in between segments. The show is shooting. It's like act one. They've had the guy who, like, you know, pulled the kid out of the well Mm. when he was on fire. Whatever. (laughs) You'd think the water would have put it out. (laughs) (laughs) This poor kid. It was a dry well. It was a dry well. Every act is a different person, and it's a little convoluted in this whole thing. And I'm standing in the back of the booth, and we're in between acts. And in between acts, Debbie DeMeo is going through the teleprompter for the next act. And she's running through it, and it says, you know, meet... Kenny Carlson, who blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at that and I go, hmm, Kenny Carlson? I think Kenny Carlson's coming later in the show. Uh, I don't think that script is right. And now I've got, what do I do? Like, do I say, like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, "Eh." so I'm in the back of the booth and I go, excuse me. And Debbie DeMayo, like, reels around. She's like, what? Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, her dad was a, a colonel in the Marines. Okay? Oh Jesus! So she does not okay. Suffer fools. And I go. Um. I think the script might be wrong. And, uh, coming up in the next intro, I think it's wrong. And so she's like, "Go get Jill." And Jill was the executive producer. Jill was producing the show. Okay. Yeah. She's like, "Go get Jill." And that's not really her name. I don't remember her name. I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay." And so I run out of the booth and I run down the hall at Harpo. <laughs> and I run in the studio and I see Jill standing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Jill, there's a problem in the booth. They need to see you right away." Okay. And then my vision widens out and i notice no. that jill is talking to the host of the show oh and i have interrupted them oh, oh no. no and the host of the show is looking at me like who is this person talking interrupting us on the show that i host in the studio that I host, on the city block that I own, <laughs> in, the, in the world of which I am the queen, I <laughs> what the, what the hell, and I'm like, huh? and I literally take a couple steps back, and Jill's like, okay, so Jill like somehow excuses herself, and I'm like, <laughs> and I go back in the hallway. Uh huh. Jill goes in the booth, and I'm standing outside of the booth. I don't know what to do. Right. Yes. Jill comes out of the booth. Tears streaming down her face. Her face is bright red. And she goes, don't you ever do that to me again. And then she goes in the studio and I'm like, I'm dead here. I'm, right. I'm dead. Oh. So I just go back up to my desk. The show's in production. Uh-huh. I just go up to, I get my, like, my three little chachis and I just walk out of the building. Because I'm like, I'm dead here. I'm dead. Oh, oh my God. Years later... I'm working at a network, running several shows, a Uh network co-owned by the talk show host. (laughs) Okay. And I see that Debbie DeMeo now has a job at NBC. Okay. And I worked at NBC a million times. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just going to call Debbie DeMeo. because over the years between the time I ran out of Uh the studio and this job now at this cable I was convinced I was persona non grata all these people hated me I was never going to get hired ever again in TV I've made the biggest mistake of my life I can't believe I screwed up I'm never going to work in TV again of course I'm working in TV and so I called Debbie DeMeo and I go um hi Wendy Miller she's like yeah yeah, I think I kind of remember you and I said you're part of my worst day ever in TV and she goes what are you talking about and I tell her the story and she goes was the name in the teleprompter wrong Uh uh-huh and I said yeah it was wrong and she had to fix it and she goes don't you realize you didn't destroy her Yeah. You saved her. Yes. Because if Oprah had to reread that intro another time, we would have had to stop the show and reshoot all of that. And I was like, I risked my life to save a stranger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: And I bet you she still wants to kill me.
2: Wow. Wow. So wait a second. I have so many... Questions: When you left, did anyone
1: call you? No. So you never heard from any of those people. No. Never heard from. Did no. you get paid? Oh yeah, they paid really well. There was the most organized together place I've ever worked. It just in my happened
2: life. to be a mistake in the prompter. That's not crazy, right? But why? Why? Okay, I was going to ask you. So, what was Oprah like? But now I'm getting the feeling that Oprah is terrifying. I,
1: I have no idea what Oprah's like. Oh, because that was the first. You never actually talked to her. People besides be like, that "Oh, you worked at the Oprah show." With, I don't know. Like, I literally. It's not like she's hanging around with everyone. Okay. Right. Like I was with low-level gangsters. I was not with kappa to kappa. But why? <laughs> why was it so
2: awful? I mean, am I just being? I guess I'm just being naive. But why is it so awful to come in and say you, you're needed in the booth? You are needed in the booth. I think. What, what were, were you so supposed to do? Send
1: a carrier pigeon? Well, literally, she said, "Go get your gel. and I was like, "I had to go get her." Right. We're in the middle of the show, and I wanted to follow orders. What I should have done, I think, first of all, most importantly, not interrupted them. Right. Pulled her aside after they were right. talking. But see, the problem is, and I knew this. The minute they stopped talking, they were gonna start shooting. Right. So, so you had to get her right I then. Because they get were her. they were
2: were they on the stage
1: when yes. you came <laughs> Yes. Because the fucking terrifying lady sorry for my language. Because the terrifying lady was like, go get her like now. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. What am I gonna do? It sounds like it it
0: sounds like you leaving was a very healthy choice for you, though. <laughs> for
1: your colitis, for your yes, mental health. Yes. I wanted to be there so badly. And I thought, Aww. oh, if I could just fit in here, I could work here for 10 years and I could be with the fancy. But you know what? If anyone knows me, I'm just not that person. I don't fit in in that world. I'm not with the mean girls. I don't put on the outfits. You should see what I'm wearing. I'm wearing cargo shorts right now. OK. Have you ever walked into E? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Oh,
2: my God. We used to work at E. And everyone is dressed like they're camera ready.
1: Exactly. Like, like they all, like all young. Yeah, they all look like, like the of the
0: of the entertainment shows of the news. Yeah, everyone that works, works there their, looks like yeah. that. Full makeup, yeah. full hair, all the time, heels. All the time. They're all getting, prof- like, I don't know oh. how they can afford it, because they're like, they all have professional blowouts. Yeah.
1: I just, yeah. I just spent two seasons working on a show for Hallmark, a daily talk show, and all of the producers on that look like they came out of, like, the Kardashian show. Like, yes. they're all stunning. So weird, right? And and I walk in like me. Right. And so my culture is not fancy. My culture is me. And yeah. Yeah. You know when you're with your people. You know it. Right. Right. Yeah. right. These yes. are not my people. I wanted so badly to fit in there. So then, did you?
2: Okay. Just, okay. So when you left that day, what was your emotional state?
1: I was really embarrassed because I thought, oh my right. gosh, I just screwed up so hard. And it's like, this was the one thing I wanted so badly. And I got it. And then I blew it. And I just felt terrible, and I also was certain that I was going to be put on a blacklist and right. never work again. Right, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not even sure that I'm not on that list. I mean, I think <laughs> that might be on that's some. That's a list. common that feeling after something.
0: any writing job I've ever had, or yes. like produce every job I've ever had. When I leave,
2: I'm like, well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say goodbye to Hollywood. Yep. All right. Well, before we go, I very much want to hear about your latest endeavor, uh, which is. Not TV related, but what is it?
1: Well, thank thank you for asking. Um, A friend of mine, I was walking down the street and um, a friend of mine gave me this Oracle card. Like, so like I could ask questions of my Oracles and get like life's answers. And I pulled one of the cards and I realized my Oracles are not a bunch of like, gods up in the sky right yeah my oracles are a bunch of hilarious gay men Ah. so i created an oracle deck where if you want life's advice you pull a card and you get it from a really funny edgy gay man okay it's called ask your gay bff that's amazing the oracle cards that the only oracle cards that read you and honestly they're really funny and they're pretty racy and it's probably one of the most fun projects I've ever worked how fun. on. Had, I've had to teach myself how to manufacture cards, and I've learned about packaging and branding and all these things I never knew. And I have—I'm impressed. With. I'm launching this like in October. I'm on, like on Kickstarter. On Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. So we'll look for you on Kickstarter. What, what is it called? Well, the company is called cardtobelieve.com. Okay. Right? So look for card2believe.com. Okay. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to have these cards and some other very, very fun things that are coming up soon. Can you believe it? That's very exciting. And
2: also, all I can think about is that I want you to go on Shark Tank.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of uh, dirty words and uh, things in here. So we'd have to. They
2: will laugh hysterically. They laugh at like someone doing a a jig for two seconds. They think it's hysterical. (laughs)
1: Well, these cards are are beyond hilarious. They were written by some very, very funny gay men. And Fenton Bailey, who produces Drag Race, loved Uh them. Bruce Falanch gave me some love. Whoa. He, He loved them. He said, Wendy Miller's got the answer for everything. So, I mean, they're really great. funny. They're really funny. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Lori will say it's too early to invest, but she loves you. <laughs> I'm del- we, watch, we watched a lot of Shark Tank lately. Mm. Um, that's great. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for it to hit. So the idea is if it
1: gets funded. Then well, you'll produce them and s- and sell them online. Yeah. Okay. And then people can have them. And I mean, they they really exist. So you okay. know, they're just really really fun and they're funny. And there's you get a yes or a no or a maybe. Okay. And it's just it's been really fun for me just to kind of learn how to like make cards. Yes. Dealing with manufacturing in China and just the Tonys are starting. Try me again in nine hours.
2: Okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Okay, I've just read one and I'm already in. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Very funny. Okay. Well, Wendy, I'm so glad we got you here. What a great story. Such an amazing story. Two daytime drama. I know. Talk show dramas back to back. We love it. We're we here for it. it. If anyone's worked for um, Sally Jesse Raphael yeah. and wants to come in. We, I, I mean, I know we, we already know so many people that work for Ellen, but yeah, but they're not allowed. They're, they're, they're all
0: quiet. <laughs> they're, just,
2: they're just scared for their <laughs> lives. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Wendy. Thank and you. we will be right back with what did we learn today?
0: Danielle, Christine. Are you ready to learn what we learned today? I am. Imelda Staunton is a British actress who portrays Dolores Umbridge in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Got it. Sweet Bobby is a live, multi-part investigation in search of one of the world's most sophisticated catfishers. Catfish. Catfishers. 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 I've also been listening to a podcast that I recommend called Wild Boys. Okay. It isn't necessarily... it. It's real life, but not online, so not catfishing per okay. se, but I think these boys are tricking a community.
2: Ooh. And it's
0: in Canada, and it's really fascinating. Okay, I'm, I'm listening to it on the way home. I have not listened to the end yet, so I don't know what is up, but okay. I recommend it. Munchausen by internet occurs when medically well individuals fake recognized illnesses in virtual environments, such as online support groups. Gotcha. No meat, no video chat, always canceled plans, Red flags. Right. If you do end up meeting, do so in a public place.
2: Yes. Trust your Danielle. That's right. Always. And your gut. In any circumstance. Don't give people online money. Ever. No, just... Also, don't give people your dating money. I've done that. No, no. And not gotten paid back. That's not a good idea. If you're dating someone and they want your money... It's a problem.
0: You should... That's a red flag. Yeah. Guys, this has been
2: alarmingly fun it has been alarmingly fun this is a red flag how much fun this is <laughs> <laughs> there's a bull running toward us the flag is
0: so red it's yeah we should stop yep. because i'm in danger of having too much fun please check us out at pod how to survive you know where to find us we love to hear from you yes and eventually i promise we're going to read your letters yes well, you know what's happening
2: we're going too, much. too long we have too much material we have too much to say but we'll get to them. So please keep them coming. Don't think we won't get to them. Don't we think will. We, we don't love them. And, and if we haven't answered,
0: it's just because we're overwhelmed creating this content for you. <sighs> yes. To make it. We want to make it good. We want it to be quality. Should I stop talking? No. OK. And as always, remain calm. calm.